You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Sam Hauser with you till 7 o'clock tonight on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Appreciate you hanging out as always. Of course, we are your home for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll have Thursday's Thanksgiving game against Washington here on ESPN Radio 1017. The team, something that resembles an NFL squad. Unbelievable. Yesterday, Washington, six turnovers and the showers don't work. Fortunately, this game's going to be in Dallas, so we won't have to worry about that. But joining us now on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline, RJ Ochoa. Editor-in-chief of Blogging the Boys, covering the Dallas Cowboys. And what better place to go than right to the source on this one, RJ. Appreciate you making some time tonight. You put out the tweet after the win yesterday for the Cowboys that they're 7-3 and three through the first 10 games of a season for the third year in a row. First time since the 1990s Dynasty Cowboy teams did that. Of course, all the Super Bowls in there and everything in between. I look at what's what this team has looked like since the bye week, and yes, the one time the, the one game that had actual significance in it, they come up short against the Eagles. But I look at what this team has looked like before the bye week and since the bye week, and over the stretch of games that you're talking about, the first ten games of the last three seasons, these games that the Cowboys have played since the bye week, I would argue that this is the most complete version of the Cowboys that we've gotten again compared to the start. In 2021, 22, and again, just looking at the game since the bye week, this to me is the most complete version of the Cowboys in that stretch that you're talking about in that stat. What say you, RJ? Yeah, it's great to be with you guys. I mean, um, you know, these are things that, that annoy some people because, you know, you don't hang banners for going seven and three, you know, three years in a row through the first 10 games of the season. Uh, but the reality is that despite all of the jokes and the memes and the fodder that has existed for almost two decades, they are one of the best teams in the NFL. In fact, in that time span, since 2021, I believe the only team with more regular season wins than them uh, are, are the only two are the ones playing right now. Um, the Bills and Niners have kind of jumped up them and, and been ahead of them at some you know times over the last three years, but... Um, they win a lot, and the whole purpose of winning a lot is obviously to put yourself in contention and be in the tournament at the end of each regular season, and Dallas is on track for that. And so, um, yeah, would it have been great that they had beaten the above 500 teams they played? Absolutely, but people act like there's a team in the NFL that's playing a murderer's row all throughout the regular season. And so the Cowboys are taking care of business. They're defending home turf, uh, and they're keeping themselves relevant, which is really all you can kind of ask for at the end of the day. Now, with that, though, as far as those games of significance, and there's a good stretch of those coming up at the end of the regular season, put San Francisco aside. That was such an anomaly that I don't even know if there's anything that you can really take from that game. But just looking at at Philly, at some of the other ones that, that have not quite gone the Cowboys' way the last few years, regular season, play, uh, postseason. Actually, really, let's just look at let's just look at, the, at this 2023 team, what happened against Philadelphia if you had to pick one thing out of that game, RJ, that if the Cowboys flip it, they can end up on the other side in the rematch against Philly, what would it be? Yeah, I think a lot of people that obviously point to Terrence Steele allowing the sack down near um, the goal line in the final possession, but it's probably, I think where things got away from Dallas was in the third quarter. Um, you know, the Cowboys pride themselves on being a defensive team, um, and obviously their offense really showed up in, in certain stretches in that game, but you know, the Cowboys defense 
allowed Philadelphia to, you know, be perfect in terms of red zone conversion. They converted on every single one, obviously walking away with a touchdown instead of a field goal. And, and I think that those are things that, you know, nobody's saying you have to flip that 180 degrees, but if, if you make a 30% impact in that respect, I think you've got a good enough offense and a good enough overall team to kind of win that game when you need, you need again, obviously, in a couple of weeks. And so that won't happen. I'm, I'm not saying that that's a, an aberration or a huge exception, but in all likelihood, that was a, a once-in-a-while in a thing that the Eagles were able to accomplish against the Cowboys. Talking some Cowboys football with RJ Ochoa, manager, uh, editor-in-chief of Blogging the Boys, is with us here on Team Talk, ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. You talk about that defense, RJ, and one of the guys who's really been one of the unsung heroes of the entire team, regardless of position or side of the ball, Marquise Bell. I, I mean, th- this linebacker group, he wasn't really expected to be a, a huge part, at least, of, of any of these groups. Linebacker safety, he's just so versatile. We see him out there, but just... I mean, talk about Marquise Bell, the impact he's had, and, and you know what's impressed you about what he's done uh, at, at a tough position to play, quite frankly, uh, in the NFL. Yeah, the position is, is really um, maybe not evolving. Maybe it's already evolved. I mean, you look around the NFL, there aren't a ton of traditional off-ball linebackers. I think the Cowboys only had two on their roster when they set the final 53, and they were late in Van Der Esch and Damone Clark. And so... Um, the Cowboys love to play big nickel and, and love to have lots of safeties, and that's what Marquise Bell is. I mean, they call him a linebacker, but he's a former safety, and, and that's kind of how you have to play in today's NFL. You need the, the quick speed, the agility to obviously be able to kind of cover things side to side, but, but you need that small package to, to have a lot of force to it, to be able to kind of be a bit of a thumper, and that's, that's exactly what Marquise Bell has been for the Cowboys this season, and it's been so great to see him obviously succeed in general, but especially in the aftermath of the late Van Der Esch injury, which is super disappointing. Um, he has been, you're right. I mean, everybody sees the Micah Parsons and now certainly the Duran Blands, but it's the Marquise Bells that ultimately helped this thing kind of maintain its consistency week to week. Well, that's what's been part of what's so incredible. I mean, Duran Bland, Marquise Bell, both part of the draft class last year, both those guys in their second year in the league. You know, of course, Tyler Smith. I mean that that's looking so far like a like a pretty good draft class uh, there RJ. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know that anybody feels great about this year's Cowboys rookie class and and so people would kind of clap back at you in that sense, but in in a world where, you know, the salary cap can be manipulated and and you can play with things, but in a world where you've got to pay, you know, big time contracts out to your quarterback and your star receiver and your star corner and and you're obviously pass rusher whenever Micah Parsons puts pen to paper. You've got to be able to draft well. You've got to be able to continually restock the shelves, and the Cowboys are great at doing that. And, yeah, their 2022 class, Marquise Bell, not even a drafted player, an undrafted member of that class. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a cornerstone part of the group for a very long time. And we're talking to R.J. Ochoa, talking to some Cowboys. He is the uh, – talking with R.J. Ochoa, he's the editor-in-chief of Blogging the Boys, hanging out with us here on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team – it's over. It's in the past now. Nothing that anybody can do about it, RJ. But I'm I'm just curious. I haven't talked to you about it since then. What was your thought at the deadline when the Cowboys were silent at the deadline and we heard after the fact from, from Jerry, basically, our trade deadline was in the offseason when we went and got Stephon Gilmore. We got Brandon Cooks. But just at the trade deadline, we thought maybe something might happen. Cowboys stay quiet. I'm just curious you know, what your thought was at that time. You know, in a vacuum, I don't know that I am a 10 out of 10 upset with them for not making any kind of trade. Um, I certainly would have liked to have seen them do something. 
Um, but I, I do think that explanation makes it worse uh, because I think that that explanation uh, treats people like they're dumber than, than they are. I mean, your average NFL fan or sports fan today is listening to local sports talk radio, reading blogs all over social media. People are aware that you have, you know, all sorts of avenues and opportunities to, to rebuild and restock your team. And, um, and I think what, what made it feel a little bit louder this particular year is that all of the other contending teams, <clears throat> excuse me, in the NFC all did something. San Francisco obviously looks like the biggest genius of the group with the Chase Young trade. You know, the Eagles, of course, they made a trade. Even the Detroit Lions, I know it was a, a small move, the trade for Donovan Peoples-Jones, but the Cowboys were the only team who, you know, is seated at that table right now that, that said, hands up in the air, we're good. Um, and so that's a bit of an arrogant thing to do uh, in a vacuum. And, and if you can back it up, then, you know, by all means. And, and they've certainly done that to a large degree, so they do kind of deserve the benefit of the doubt. Just because they're playing right now, and of course, one of the teams is the one that the Cowboys are chasing, RJ. Just got to ask you quickly here about this Monday night football game. Kansas City up 7 nothing here as we go through the first quarter. It, it seems like both of these teams, we've, we've maybe been waiting at times to see the best versions of them. Who do you think this game means more to tonight as far as coming out with a win, Kansas City or Philadelphia? Man, uh, that's a, that's probably the best question to ask about the game because I do think whoever wins it has some serious pole position for the one seed in their respective conference. Um, and so in that sense, I'd probably say it means more to Philadelphia just because they have less of an air of inevitability around them because they don't have Patrick Mahomes. Um, and so whoever does lose, I mean, I, I would also argue that, you know, Philly has some, some teams closer on their heels than, than Kansas City does right now. I know that Baltimore's right there. I know we, we kind of want to believe that Miami's going to get there. I don't know that we can talk ourselves into Jacksonville or Houston if they're able to win the AFC South, you know, coming away with the one seed. But as far as Philly's concerned, even if you don't put stock in, in Dallas as, as a contender to win the NFC East or, or overtake them, Detroit is right there at 8-2. and two. San Francisco is right there at seven and three and will be in Philadelphia in 13 days. So, I mean, it, it is, you know, it is certainly, as I say it out loud, way more believable to me that Philadelphia kind of needs this game more, which is why I really hope they lose it. 